Want to know why your interiors or images don't look like the ones you see on your favorite social media feeds? What if I said I could let you know and show you what's missing and how to transform your spaces with clarity and confidence? The truth is creating beautiful interiors is simple when you know the right strategies, but most people go about it the wrong way. This is why I created the Styling Masterclass. It's the only program that simplifies the art and science of styling, giving you the clarity and confidence to take your interiors to the next level and attract your dream customers or clients so you can make your creative dreams finally possible. This is for you if you're an interior designer or photographer, have an Airbnb, a homeware shop or e-commerce business, and you want your interiors to look like the ones you see in your favorite books, magazines or Instagram accounts. Come learn how to style using my signature method so you can elevate any interior and create compelling imagery, which is your most effective marketing tool if you're selling a product or service in the world of interiors. Any successful business owner knows that styling is your secret weapon to cut through the visual noise, stand out from the crowd and grow your business. Styling is something that you don't want to leave to chance. In today's world, images are everything. This is why leading interior designers and architects always use stylists to finesse their spaces for photography to make sure they've got incredible imagery that they can use for their socials and website. Come learn how to make styling not only an essential element, an easy way to create content for your socials and websites, but learn how it can propel the growth of your creative business. If you're serious about creating beautiful interiors and a business you love without struggling in obscurity, this is the program for you. I'm going to share my process and give insights that you're not going to get anywhere else because I've been working as a professional interior stylist for the past 15 years. The Styling Masterclass will give you that clarity and confidence you need to take action and connect with your dream customer or client so you can make your creative dreams possible. Go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level to learn more and enroll now. Enrollments are open for only a short time. So please, if you're interested and you're ready to take your interiors to the next level, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level. Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author focused on a holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being, as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. If you want to get to the heart of what your style is and how to express that in your home, then I'm excited to share some free resources with you. When you pre-order my new book, Style, The Art of Creating a Beautiful Home, before its worldwide release on July 5, you will get instant access to some free bonuses. First of all, you will go into the draw to win one of 10 places in the Styling Masterclass, valued at Australian $799. Secondly, you will get a free workbook on how to find your style. This is basically taking the ideas behind the book and helping you apply them to who you are. 
And finally, you will get instant access to three styling insider guides, including how to style step-by-step, -step, walking you through how to style a space, a styling checklist, what you need to make sure you have in each space, and your essential styling toolkit, which includes the essentials I have in my home that help me always be ready to style my spaces. Just a reminder that these free bonuses are only available when you pre-order my new book, Style. All you have to do to claim your bonuses is go to nataliewalton.com forward slash style book and enter your receipt or order number from your bookseller and you will get instant access to the downloads and will automatically go into the draw for the giveaway. You will find all the T's and C's there too. So don't forget to go to nataliewalton.com forward slash style book and you will find out where you can pre-order the book and how to collect your bonuses. Hello everyone. I'm very excited to share today's interview with Rena Simon, who many of you will know her as Huga for Home. That is her Instagram handle. And she has got a beautiful home in Cardiff in the UK. And she has been sharing her renovation journey on Instagram and amassed quite a following. She is a beautiful writer, has got a book. She's the author of Scandi Rustic, as well as a writer for Grand Designs TV magazine and Simply Scandi magazine. I'm really looking forward to sharing this interview because she shares her journey to not only creating a home, but also her community online and how she's fostered that and manages to show up as herself. Enjoy. Rena, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to to finally be able to have a chat with you. It's we've kind of corresponded a little bit over the the past couple of years over Instagram as these things happen, particularly when the world's in lockdown and so on. And um, it's really lovely to connect with you today. I'm really looking forward to learning more about your story. So before we um, get into it, I I should just flag that you have got someone mowing their lawn. In, in your next door neighbor and I've also got frogs and goodness knows what else making noise but I'm sure that you will all uh, dear listeners um, be able to for forgive all those background noises and um, as we get into the conversation today so first of all why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself in your own words so I'm first of all thank you for having me I'm really excited to be talking to you um, so I am an interior stylist, writer and blogger. I'm based in the UK. Um, my love and passion is for anything Scandinavian re design related. Um, I'm really inspired by Scandinavia as a country and the way that they um, design things. And that's kind of what's led me to do what I do. And, and where did that come from? Like, you know, what was it about Scandinavia itself that ignited this interest in you? So I hadn't even visited Scandinavia when I started my business. And um, what I had done is that I had three children under the age of four and my life had gone from being out and about, you know, hardly ever being at home to all of a sudden living at home 24 seven just in my four walls. And I kind of wanted to find a way that I could enrich my well-being and make my surroundings more comfortable. And I was renovating at the time my first home, not the home I'm in now. And I was just really inspired 
by Hugar and the way that Scandinavians put an emphasis on calming, relaxing and nurturing interiors. And I just started to research while I was at home, you know, when the babies were napping. And I was just like kind of really taken aback by their, you know, ethos, mantra, their principles. And that's where my kind of passion started. Were you always into interiors before then or was it sort of a noticeable shift once you had children? I think there was a noticeable shift when I had children because having my children also coincided with us buying our first home. So I'd always rented before then. And so I had always obviously wanted my space to be, you know, calm and relaxing. I'd always been drawn to a neutral kind of colour palette, texture, warmth. But now is my opportunity to do more with it because you want to sometimes give more to a place that you've invested in. Yeah, I'm really curious because um, sort of reading a little bit about you, you know, you, it says that you're sort of from a PR background in terms of your profession, but you've obviously got a very natural affinity for styling. And were you creative as a child? Can you sort of share a little bit about your, your childhood? And was that present? Was that part of you? I definitely think that when I look back and reflect, um, I always loved art. I did art GCSE, which in the UK are the exams you take when you're 16. Um, so I kind of was really passionate about art. And my mum is very creative. Um, my mum was always decorating and was always kind of um, a little bit different to how I like to do things. I I'm not a serial decorator, but I just think being very aware of your surroundings and what's around you was just inbuilt in me from a very early age. And But you didn't want to pursue that after school in any way? I think that after school, um, I went to university and I had two loves, which was art and reading. And I actually took English literature at university. So my passion was within English, really, and writing and the written word. And I always thought that I would one day write a book. Um, but in between all of that, when I finished university, I just wanted to help people. So I wanted to do PR for charities. So I went into the charity um uh, you know, I, I worked for a charity, um, a children's charity, and then I worked for an environmental charity. But then when I had my third child, my third baby, I had the three girls under four. So I took time out then to raise my daughters. Yeah, it actually it's um, quite parallel in some ways to, to my journey because I studied English literature as well. Oh, and wow. um, yeah, so and then I went on to journalism rather than sort of the PR side of things. But um, but certainly my environment around me has always been really important. So, yeah, it's interesting to see how you've kind of transitioned to to interiors. And so you're saying that it's, it's something that really came about after having had your children, your first home. So you didn't have a lot of experience before working on your current home, did you? Or you had renovated one other house, is that correct? Yes, so we had renovated our first house, it was a very old property built in the 1900s. Um, it was a terraced house. I don't know in Australia if you have terraced houses. Um, and it was a house that just needed really decorating, 
one wall taken down. It wasn't a full renovation, but it did need kitchen, bathroom. So it gave me the opportunity to have a go at designing spaces. And that's when I just kind of really, you know, when you just get really kind of drawn in and you just feel really passionate about it. And I guess I discovered that I did have something that came naturally to me. Um, so yeah, it was really exciting. And then we left that house and we we outgrew, outgrew it quite quickly. Um, so then we bought the house that we're in now, but this was a full renovation where we had to rent for a couple of years to build to build the house. I mean, certainly the project that um, you're, well, the home that you're in now and the project that you share on Instagram, it's, I mean, it's a big project that you've been working on. You know, it, you say that it's since 2018, if I'm correct. Yes. Um, what, what gave you the courage, do you think, to, to take on this project? Because so many people get sort of overwhelmed by the decisions that you have to make when it comes to this kind of scale of project. Was there something that was in you that sort of felt the extra confidence about it or what, what, what gave you the confidence, I guess, to sort of take something like this on? It kind of took me a long time to come round to the idea more of buying a bungalow, like buying a 1960s property. I thought that we would go from our kind of, you know, Victorian hundred year old house to another very old property with period features. And then it was just when we were looking and my husband was really drawn more to, to this home. Um, and it was the plot around us that in here in the UK, like, you know, with a bungalow, um, you get a bit more land. And so you get a front garden. You normally have a wraparound garden and there were trees all around us. And I think that just the plot and the idea that we were going to live in a detached property, um, it kind of blew me away. So I didn't really think about the renovation and actually how much work we were signing up to because there was a lot more work than I could ever have imagined. So one of the things that's quite striking when sort of going through your blog, which you share some of the process there, is the actual architectural drawing. So how much were you briefing the architect versus the architect guiding you? Can you share a little bit about that relationship and did you have like a sort of a bag full of images as such to kind of give? And is that what your starting point was? Yes. So my starting point, which I think much to my architect's dismay, was a big book that I had kind of put together where um, I'm one for like real life pictures and mood boards. So I do use Pinterest and I do obviously like to do things online, but I also like, you know, the tactility of of a book that you can touch and feel and um, so I had printed out everything basically of, that was on my Pinterest um, and I had documented the feeling and um, the kind of you know the big windows the natural daylight there were lots of things that were non-negotiable for me so it was very much a 50-50 relationship and I definitely led the way from the start you know I said right from the start I knew I wanted a black clad house because we're in the woodlands it just made sense to have this kind of building that just blended into its surroundings and um, so yeah it was very much a project that I led I just couldn't do the technical side 
Yeah. And so it sounds like you're quite clear on the vision of the home. What about when it starts to come down to other details, such as choosing tiles or, you know, the type of sink to put in the kitchen? So many people sort of really trip up on those smaller, well, seemingly smaller decisions. How do you make a choice when it comes to, you know, you're trying to weigh up two different decisions? Is there something is there like some kind of guiding word that you use or what what helps you make decisions? So I'm all about materiality. Like, you know, it's all about the materials. And I'd say like the colors and it's just the feeling. I go with my gut instinct a lot. Um, I like to not think of any material or choice in isolation. It has to fit into the whole picture for the room. Um, I think that's why sometimes I can be quite slow when I make decisions because I want to make decisions for basically life for a long time. I don't want to just change things up. So I think that I would be looking, you know, if I was looking at a sink, for example, now for our um, utility room, which is next on our renovation to-do list, you know, I'm already looking at, well, what is the colours in there? What am I imagining? What's the vision? What's the material? So then the materials can complement each other. And I think sometimes it's nice to have quite jarring materials. You know, you can have something really soft like wood, but then we've got a kind of concrete style worktop in our kitchen. Um, so I think that it's about the touching, the feeling and visually, you know, experiencing the materials and the choices you're putting in your home in real life, not just from pictures on a screen. And so what about, can you just share where you're at with the project at the moment? Because you're not finished yet, are you? I would definitely say that we are still mid-renovation, re mid but closer to the finish line. Um, so what has made our journey much longer than we had anticipated was obviously the lockdown. So 10 months into our build, we went into um, lockdown here in the UK. And um, so now there are things like lighting, like lots of lighting choices and decisions to be made, internal doors. So we're going to get some internal glass doors so we can keep the feeling of open plan living. But actually now we're living in here and we live through a lockdown, we realized we do need more of a broken plan feel we definitely need separation to some spaces. So internal glass, and then there's some cabinetry, storage, wardrobe. So um, it's kind of, I feel like the home right now is a very nice place to be. It's got a great feeling, but it doesn't function yet. So function is the next thing. And when do you hope that sort of the majority of the major works for the renovation will be complete? So I've set myself a big task and goal to have everything done by the summer holidays. So our summer holidays are at the end of July. And between now and then, I would like to get all of the interior design finished. And we are starting the landscaping in May. And I think the landscaping is going to be the real life-changing stage next, really, in the project, to be able to walk out of the house barefoot onto the decking is going to be an incredible feeling because we've owned the house for nearly four years and we've not been able to engage and use the garden in the way that we've wanted to. 
And so can you share some of the big lessons that you've learned so far with the renovation process? So I'd say the biggest lesson that we've learned is that expect the unexpected and that actually, you know, you've got to be willing to compromise. So we had to compromise from day one, really, because it took us 10 months to get our planning permission. So we had to work with our local council to make adjustments to our plans. You know, we couldn't just do exactly what we wanted. And then we were building our house once we finally got to the build stage through a global pandemic. And we obviously had to deal with things like shortages. Um, And I learned to accept that you can't always have a rigid timeline. You've got to be able to just go with it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I can't even imagine sort of, certainly with the scale of the lockdowns that you've had in the UK, sort of trying to get anything done. I mean, we've had lots of shortages in Australia as well with building materials, but yeah, I can imagine it's like on an even greater scale. Um, And what about with then you, did you decide from the start that you wanted to document this journey on Instagram and your blog? How did that all come about? So when I kind of set up my Instagram, my aim really was to blog because my heart is in the written word and I love writing. Um, But I had my three little girls, as I said, they were all very, very young. And Instagram was, was so much easier. You know, I could just have photos. I didn't have to just write a caption. I didn't have to give it the time that it needed. But by the time the renovation came round, I had started blogging and, you know, a caption is very limited on Instagram. And I wanted the opportunity just to share knowledge. You know, I looked so much to the interior world and to blogs for help for my own renovation journey from anything from, you know, the exterior cladding to finding more about more out about that method to, you know, interiors. The, The internet is just a wealth of information and so I wanted to give back and I wanted to also write and document the journey because I knew that there would be someone out there that would find it useful and helpful. And you were mentioning to me earlier that you then documented some of the process for Grand Designs for their magazine. How did that come about? So I loved the idea of being a part of something that was offline that wasn't just online. I wanted to take my renovation journey further to reach a community of people that might not, you know, be into social media. Um, And I love, again, writing. And I, so I pitched an idea to the um, editor of Grand Designs magazine. I had lots of magazines at that time that I was reading and engaging with the home building magazines and home building and renovating. And I was just thinking, wouldn't it be amazing to be able to share the journey in as real time as you you can? Obviously, publication deadlines, you know, magazines work to um, a tight schedule. So you have to be talking about things that have already happened. And, you know, it's it's getting the timelines to marry up. But it worked and it was great um, up until the point really of the pandemic, because then with the pandemic, I was writing for them for two years, much longer than we thought. And then with the pandemic, we got to a point where we couldn't keep up. So what I was saying about timelines is 
the build couldn't keep up with the publication dates for the magazine. Yeah, it sounds like it was getting very complicated. <laughs> yes, it was. So um, we are going to go back to Grand Designs to show the readers the full house when it's all finished. Wonderful. And um, now you've also, in amongst all of this, managed to co-author a book, Scandi Rustic. How did that come about? So I'd made a connection with someone else on Instagram at the start of my Instagram journey, where I was kind of documenting my first renovation. And in the same way, I guess that we have talked a lot on Instagram, you know, you do, you make friends in a community, like an online platform, like Instagram is just so powerful. And you're just drawn to certain people. So myself and Rebecca Lawson, the co-author of Scandi Rustic, we just were really drawn to each other. And we wanted to, again, do something for um, our followers and to spend time with each other offline and take our relationship to that space so it wasn't all online so we decided to um, pitch the idea of this book um, we really wanted to write a book that was all about the warmer side of Scandinavian interiors that in you know if you think of Scandinavian interiors you might think of kind of white clean lines you know and but we wanted to show it's not just that there's so much more to it and how how did you find that process of creating that book that was just one of the best things I've ever done in my life I mean I'm talking to an author anyway so you'll know exactly how I feel about the experience being able to travel and go and talk to homeowners and experience their homes and seeing their passion for their spaces it was just unbelievable and then and then being able to take my experience away and write about it and then share that with everyone and then photography and styling and seeing it all come together it was just a really proud moment and I just think that just an amazing opportunity to share your passion and what you really care about with everyone yeah Amazing. I didn't realise that you were sort of involved with, uh, you know, actually visiting the homes because obviously some books, it can be a collation of images, you know, from photo websites or, or whatever, but that you actually stepped inside these homes and I presume sourced them as well. You know, that's a big yes. job. <laughs> yeah, it took a long, long time. And we went to um, we went to Sweden, Denmark and then the UK, up and down the UK, everywhere. And then we wrote the book, wrote the copy, we shared out the copy and we were in lockdown one in the UK and actually that did me a favour. That was probably the only positive thing I have to say about lockdown is that I was at home so I was able to just sit and write without and, any and distractions. So yeah, yeah, that can be a blessing. And were you, uh, either of you, doing the photography as well or was that you're working with a photographer on this project? We had a photographer. So we were a team of three. So myself, my co-author, and then our photographer. And we had a locations manager who helped us source locations. So it was really great to be able to have that full kind of control and um input on exactly where we were going to visit 
I, I always feel that when I certainly when I kind of go and style homes for magazines and for my own books, there's nothing quite like getting to know somebody intimately than stepping inside their home. Don't you agree? Like, I don't know if you had that experience when you went to visit these homes and met these people, that stepping inside somebody else's home, you really get a sense of who they are, their personality, you learn their story. It's such an intimate experience. It's just so meaningful. It, it gives you a totally different experience of their home because that's truly when their homes come to life when the owners are present and they're there. And I remember this um, one home in Denmark on the coast and the owners were um, just designers themselves. And so just hearing their story and their journey, the husband was an architect and his wife was an interior designer. And so like having that kind of team where they'd actually, the two of them, every single space in that house every single material all of that house was just them the two of them that makes me wonder is your um husband is he in anything to do with the interiors industry or is he something completely different completely different and 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 what does he think about sort of does i mean does he still love interiors in a way like i mean or does he think that you're kind of you know Often another world almost. So I say that he's completely different, but what his work and his day job is actually very visual still. He's a developer, web developer. So, you know, he designs websites, he codes websites. So it is all about, you know, the look and feel. When it comes to the house, I'm very lucky because he lets me just make the decisions and he likes what I like. And he kind of is very hands off. Um, I'm not sure. Like sometimes I feel like I would like him to have an opinion. And that's just to help me make a decision because I'm very indecisive. That's my biggest kind of challenge, I guess. Um, But I think it's quite nice to be able to just just do it yourself. I think that's, yeah, that's quite a luxury, really, to sort of... um... Because sometimes that people really struggle with that when one partner feels quite differently and you have to strike that fine balance between two different opposing opinions of, of styles or ideas about what the place will look like. Do people in your area, are they very welcoming of the style of your home? Is it a bit of a shock? Do you get any kind of pushback in terms of the fact that it's such a contemporary home or are people very embracing of it? I think people are very embracing of it. I think that from the moment they arrive at the front door, they're taken aback because I live in a city, but you would never think it's a city because it's just there's so many trees around the property and the building is clad in black timber. So it's quite striking. It doesn't look like any other homes around it. So I think people straight away are kind of intrigued And if they haven't been here before, just from the front door and from the exterior of the building, they're excited by it and excited to see, well, what's going on inside? If the outside is like this, what kind of home is this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's 
stunning. It's so beautiful. Um, now I, I have to ask you about your Instagram journey a little bit more because obviously over the years you've kind of accumulated quite a huge following. And what do you put that down to? What what do you think has been the appeal? And how do you chose to show up on Instagram? Because of course, there's so many different ways that we can show up. And I know it's something that a lot of people struggle with in terms of what to share and you know how much of yourself to reveal. And I always think you do that so well. So can you just share a little bit of a personal perspective on you know, your Instagram journey in that sense? That's really kind of you to say, because I feel like anyone who runs an Instagram account, you're always second guessing yourself and wondering if you're giving too much or you're not giving enough. And so I've always found that kind of balance, something that I'm trying to focus on. And I kind of, I find it easier to give myself through words and images. I'm not so much on stories, for example. Um, I find talking, you know, straight to camera, I still find quite intimidating, but I do want to come round to that because I want to show more of myself, you know, and just be more relaxed, I think, because I feel like with Instagram, you know, it's kind of... I love Instagram, but you can also feel like quite under pressure, can't you? Like, especially for stories, you think you've got to like, you know, be done up, have your makeup on or something. And I'm pretty much don't wear makeup day to day. You know, I go uh, to I, the gym. I never do. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, but I think like the little things like that, I've got to not worry about. But I think that the reason why I guess I've managed to forge a, a community on Instagram I think that I'm quite approachable I think that that comes across maybe um and that um I feel like I try to be as genuine and as real as possible so I share kind of in my captions the good and the bad and do you have a approach where do you only share if you feel like you've got something to say or like, could you go for, cause I don't think you post every single day, do you? You, you no. sort of, it's, it's intermittently, isn't it? So is that your, your sort of take on it that only when you feel ready to share or say something, that's only when you, you post? Yes, definitely. I think that, um, that's been a journey in itself. So six years ago when I started, I perhaps posted more, but it very much, the posting parallels my life. Six years ago, my children were very small and they would go to bed very early and I would post in the evening, you know, after they had gone to bed, but they were in bed by 7 p.m. because they were tiny. Now they need me so much more, you know, like I can, I can't believe it. Every next stage of parenthood I'm in, there's new kind of challenges and they need you in different ways. So now I've had to change things all around for them. So I post first thing in the morning, you know, before anyone else is up and I will post only three times a week, sometimes four. And it has to, Instagram has to fit in with my life. My evenings now from 3 p.m. 
till 9 p.m. That's non-negotiable time. I'm with the children. I have to pick them up from school, take them to all their after school activities, do their homework, give them dinner and put them to bed. So there is no time for Instagram then. So I'm very much kind of, you know, Instagram fits my life, not the other way around. Yeah. And do you, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that you have quite good boundaries around Instagram as well. Like do you, or do you find yourself, do you struggle with that at all in terms of, you know, there's endless inspiration and what, particularly I think when you are in the midst of a design project, I know that that's probably one of the times where I'm more sucked in because I'm I'm looking for specific ideas or references to be able to show like I want the wall to be this kind of curve on the edge or you know just all those sort of little things. Do you find that you get sucked into it at times or is that something is that a journey that you've had or are you quite good with that? I definitely think that it's been a Instagram does make you second guess yourself and it does make you kind of question your decisions more you know and if you're making the right one and there's so many different um trends aesthetics and there's so many different ways you can even do Scandinavian design you can take it in different directions but I think that something that I've tried to do is always strip things back and that less is more so I try and you know the least amount of materials possible the least amount of colours possible and keeping everything seamless so it flows. So that's kind of the, that helps me take away all the fogginess, cloudiness of everything that's out there. It's just stripping it back and really honing in on exactly, you know, the things that make me happy and that like bring me joy because it's about when you walk in through your front door, what you want to see. You might like lots of things, but it's about what really, really connects with you, what you really connect with. That reminds me, actually. I'm just kind of curious about your your take on stuff in general. I mean, obviously, you know, the sort of Huga aesthetic is, is very layered and there's lots of you know, sort of textures and materials. But as you say, like, you know, I mean, I can sort of see a little bit the space behind you, you know, the doors are quite simple. The frame of the space is quite simple. You're like you say, you're really sort of trying to pare back in that kind of way. What What's your relationship with stuff? Do you, um, are you very mindful about what you bring into your home? Do you, are you very good at sort of culling collections, particularly having three young children. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that comes with with having a family. How do you manage that? So my house is definitely tells two different stories because there's the side of the house where the, you know, which isn't the girls' bedrooms really, and which hasn't got all of their things in it. And so I'm very much focused on like the fabric of the building and so for me it's about again the texture of the materials I've used so it doesn't have to even be layering lots of things the materials I've used already tell a story and already bring so much character to the property Um, and just keeping that kind of simple um, materials and there's movement in the kind of um, the paint, the lime wash paint that I've used on the walls. And then when it comes to the stuff, um, I prefer to have less, like less is more, definitely. 
And with this house especially, we have no kind of um, storage and we don't have, you know, I don't want to just have shelves everywhere with lots of things, but I do love books. So I'm definitely going to have um, a library somewhere to house that. And then I do like meaningful objects from things that we've collected from traveling. So I definitely want to have, I don't want to strip things away too much, but I just, I guess it's clutter. I don't want clutter. I've got no issue with stuff. I just don't want clutter. And at the moment I feel like we have got a lot of clutter because of the girls' bedrooms. That's what I've got to design as well. So they need to have spaces to put everything and shut it away. Sounds like the next project, perhaps. Um, So just back on Instagram again, I mean, obviously, once you start to amass the kind of following that you have, I know that you sort of had various collaborations and projects with different brands. I'm sure you get approached a lot of the time. Are there things that you say no to or is it what's your approach with all of that, you know, for anyone who wants to go down that path? So I say no more now than I ever have, because I think that sometimes it takes time, you know, to build who you are, what you believe in, what you want to stand for, and what you want to align yourself with. So it's been a journey for me. And so now it's taken me six years. And now in this, you know, past year, I feel like last year was kind of the year that I really committed to working with only um, brands that were really aligned with that I'm passionate about that I love that I already have a relationship with because you know I already use that brand it has a presence in my home it's they have you know they design in a way that I'm really passionate about so I think that it's kind of finding your way. I, I'm not sure that everyone always knows exactly who they are when they start Instagram. Some people do because they might already have a business, which is their story. But obviously I've gone through two house renovations and I've built my business through that time. So I've I've learned along the way, but now I'm very clear on what what I love so that makes it easier to decide who you want to work with I'm guessing it's probably the same as you know with interior designers they know kind of what projects they want to work on yeah no that makes a lot of sense and um now you sort of touched a little bit on you know your you post on Instagram in the morning you've got the girls in there sort of uh, when they come back from school what about the rest of your day can you kind of give us a little bit of an insight into what your day looks like or your weeks look like so now that all of my three girls are in school full time so my youngest is six and so she started school last September full time and so now I have a full week I only work while they're in school so my working day is a lot shorter than other people's working days Um, so I have one planning day you know, one admin day, everyone's got to have an admin day, you know, one day to like sort through emails, you know, do your invoicing, do everything you need to do. And then I normally have one or two days, shoot days, where I shoot everything, I style everything. 
that could be shooting and styling for myself, or it could be shooting and styling for brands or shooting and styling for magazines. And then the rest of my time is editing and writing. Wow. It's, it's a lot. So you've taught yourself how to do photography with a, do you use a, a digital SLR? Yes. And was that something that you've, like, can you share a little bit about that journey? Is that a more recent thing or have you always been good with photography? So again, I think that I've always had it in me to be creative and a visual person. And I've always, from a really early age, I've always taken photos. I remember I had, when I was, you know, 14, 15, I would buy, you know, the cameras, the disposable cameras where you could take photos, go and go and get them printed. I've always been fascinated by photography. If I could go back and have my time again, it's something again, along with interior design photography, it's avenues I would have loved to explore at a much younger age, but then it doesn't matter because I'm doing it now. So I decided last year in one of the lockdowns that it was time to upskill. So to take my photography from the iPhone to the DSLR. And so I now shoot everything on a Canon. Um, I'm still learning. Yeah, I I was just looking through your feed before um, we jumped online. And I mean, they're really beautiful, so many of your images. There was one of um, your bathroom. And I I have to ask you, you've got sort of like a, a dry grass along the ledge of where your bath is. Is that inside the the window or on the exterior? It looks like it's on the inside. It is on the inside. I get asked about this all the time. It's absolutely stunning. I love it. So I work with um, a local florist and she helps to bring my vision to life. I would not know how to have done that. I would not know how to have created that. But we sit, we communicate. She looks at my boards, my Pinterest, kind of the florals I want to use, the overall vision and what I'm imagining, and then she can just bring it to life. And it's incredible. And what's really nice, which I haven't photographed or shown to people yet, is the from the outside looking in, when the window, the window is smart glass, so you can tell Alexa to turn the window on or off. So when the window's off, and you look in from the outside, all you see is the shadows of all of the dried grasses. Uh, no, it looks really beautiful. And just a little technical question. Um, so do you also um, process the images? Do you use filters sort of on things like Instagram or do you use Lightroom to, to sort of change colors? What, what's your approach with all that? Because there's a beautiful, the beautiful tones in all your photos. So the beautiful tones is the Canon camera. I just adore the Canon camera. I think it's just got an inbuilt color that's just really amazing to work with. And I had reached out to a few people whose feeds I follow and love, mainly photographers, and they were saying, you know, their work was the Canon. And then what that allows me to do is just minor editing in Lightroom. So I don't have to do too much to the image, and which is good because people want to know when they want to know about the colours of things. You know, doing interior design, you've got to, and if you're recommending things, you want to keep images as true to life as possible. 
So I think that that's the beauty of minimal editing. But obviously, everything needs to be tweaked a little bit because lighting's different every day. You know, the kind of there's things that you need to do just to um, help the image. Yeah, and I'm sure that your home probably has beautiful natural light. And I think all those materials in the space, they just really sing together and come together beautifully. So before we go, um, I've got some rapid fire questions that I'd love to ask of you. These are just whatever kind of things come to mind. And it's just a fun way to get a little bit more insight into you. So which five words best describe you? People often get stuck on this one, but think whatever comes to mind. If you can't do five, that's fine. I'm not very good at quick, quick questions, but I'll have a go. Um, I think that I'm approachable, um, loyal. I'm quite sensible. Um, I think I'm quite genuine. And I would like to think that I'm considerate. That's nice. Um, yeah. what, what's the best life or career lesson you've learned? So I'm a bit of a perfectionist, but then lockdown life taught me the skill of compromise and that, you know, you can't always like control everything and you have to learn to adapt. So I think that the last two years have taught me a lot and yeah, to be less of a perfectionist, be a bit more free. Sounds good. What's your proudest career achievement? So I'd have to say it's writing a book. Definitely. What's been your best decision? Saying yes to my husband when he said he wanted to buy the 1960s bungalow. <laughs> Who inspires you? I think that lots of women inspire me. Um, women who are kind of, well, women who run, you know, their interior, like interior design businesses right now, that's kind of where I'm at with just what I'm really drawn to in the women that I want to engage with. And I find, yeah, really inspiring. All of the interior designers that I love are women. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I, I tend to gravitate towards that as well. Yeah. What, what are you passionate about? So I think that from designing my two houses and whilst the children, you know, I've got three young children, it's kind of being, I'm passionate about how you put kind of, you know, mental health and well-being at the forefront of the decisions that you make for your home and the design of your home. And I think that what really amplified all of that was that when I started writing the book, the mantra for the book was creating a home you never want to leave. This was before the lockdown. And then we went into lockdown as we were writing it. So I think that kind of whole idea and that whole concept, that's what I'm really passionate about right now. So can you give me an example of, um, yeah, of, of what that could be? Like, what would that be, you know, in terms of putting your mental well-being, you know, making it a priority in the home? 
So for me, what that would mean, well, for our home, it's very personal to each person. Um, but for me, it's the colour palette, it's the materials, it's all the things that help create that feeling and mood. So it's it's basically what's going on in your four walls and what makes you smile. So I think that that's what I try to centre the house around. You know, we've got these big windows everywhere. And just now I'm talking to you, I can see outside, I can see the trees. It just, it's so calming and relaxing and it just makes you feel, yeah, just restful. Yeah. What dream do you still want to fulfill? So I want to travel the world. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know like if it will have happened, how it will happen. I didn't get to do much traveling as a child and as a young adult. So um, I feel like I would like to experience and see as much of the world as possible. We'll see what happens. Yeah, let's hope it's possible. Yeah. Um, What are you reading at the moment? All right, hang on. I've got to remember the title of it now. You'll probably know it. When the Craw... Oh, Crawdads Sing. When the Crawdads Sing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, But no spoilers, because I'm only on chapter one. (laughs) Well, they've just um, released the trailer. I've seen lots of people sharing Mm. the the trailer. Yeah, yeah, I actually, it was one of the first books. I just got back into reading this past summer, and it's a really good book to... It's a really easy book to read, so I'm sure you will enjoy it, as so many other people have. What about what are you listening to? Do you listen to podcasts or are you more into music? What are you listening to? So I'm kind of right now, I'm actually just I'm I'm just listening to the news all the time because of everything that's going on in the world. And um, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But then I think right now people in the world need us. So it's good to be engaged with that and keeping people in need at the forefront of our minds. So I'm really kind of you know, I'm listening to the radio really and keeping up to date with everything that's going on. Um, and music wise, you know, I love like Bon Iver. I like kind of quite folky, relaxing music, you know, music again, that is calming. So anything like that, I like. Yeah, sounds good. And finally, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, this this is a hard question. I think to have more confidence, definitely. I think like having more confidence and um, belief, self-belief in, you know, ideas and knowing that with determination and passion, you know, you can make, make that happen. I think for some people, confidence comes later in life. And that's definitely been my story. Does it surprise you? I mean, you know, this is just something that came to my mind, but obviously, you know, you do have such a, you know, a huge and loyal following on Instagram. Does it kind of blow you away sometimes? I mean, if someone who says that you, you haven't had confidence in the past, I mean, what's your experience of that? I just feel very normal and I feel sometimes quite boring. So I do find (laughs) it hard sometimes to kind of understand you know, the following. But then I think just from so many conversations I've had that, again, when you strip away the stuff that's not real on Instagram to what is is real, 
actually, it, you know, we're just all people, you know, we're just people. And I think that words are really powerful. Photos are really powerful. So when those two things come together and people really feel a connection and you can connect to people and connect with people, I think that's what makes, you know, that sense of community. So I feel like that's what's, I don't know, I feel like that's what's worked for me. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, like I said, certainly for me, I think, you know, your captions are always so beautifully considered and there's there's a nice calmness to them there's not a hysteria or I don't know it's Instagram I mean it's someone who also loves words and I'm sure you can appreciate this as well I mean just the slight different choice of words can just change the tone of something so completely and you know we're all experiencing all the things that are happening in the world and we're kind of all going through our own lives and I just think that you what you share in your captions is is always beautiful. And of course your home is beautiful, which doesn't help. It doesn't hurt, no. does it? But um really kind. But yeah. yeah, no, it's been a joy. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I know that um, you know, you've got sick children at home today, and it's like we said before we kind of came on air that you know, this is just real life and it's just so nice to be able to have this conversation with you. And sometimes I think that if you're always waiting for the perfect opportunity, it will never happen as well. So I'm glad that we were able to have this chat today and I'm, I've really enjoyed getting to, to know a little bit more about your story. Thank you for having me, Natalie. All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast, and I would like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded, and pay my respects to Elders past, present, and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton, and you've been listening to Imprint. <laughs>